to another edition of Destination Annapolis, a podcast focusing on the people, places, and events that make Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, Maryland, a destination of choice for discerning travelers. I'm your host, Susan Seifried, with Visit Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, and I'm happy to have as my guest today, Monica Alvarado, owner of Bread and Butter Kitchen in Eastport and the founder of the nonprofit Feed Anne Arundel. Welcome, Monica. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to chat with you today. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your words of inspiration about this win-win program for restaurants and the food insecure in Annapolis and Anne Arundel County. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your restaurant, and how Feed Anne Arundel got its start? Absolutely. That's a lot. So, uh, so myself, um, again, my name is Monica Alvarado. I own Bread and Butter Kitchen in Eastport, Annapolis and um, came to live in Annapolis after getting out of the Air Force in 1997. So a long time resident here in Maryland and in Annapolis. And um, essentially um, I started my, uh, well, let's see, let's back up to the restaurant, shall we? So I actually, after I got out of the Air Force, I had a long career in government contracting and IT, and then of course commercial technology and um, at some point reached a point that I was just ready for a big change. Wanted to do something a little bit more challenging, more enjoyable, and um, honestly just stumbled upon food as as something that I really enjoyed as a a passion and as a hobby. And uh, initially had zero interest or idea that I would open a restaurant. I actually started at the farmer's market making meals to go. So I would work with the local farmers and vendors at the farmer's market, purchasing their product, and then use them to make meals from scratch and sell those to um, folks here in our community. And it was there that I met um, the the owner of the restaurant I now own, and he was purchasing my soups to sell at his coffee shop. And at some point came a time that I needed to rent a new kitchen because the one I was renting was getting more difficult to book for the hours I needed. And um, his wife said, hey, you should buy our cafe. And um, I'll tell you that that same day I I went over to the cafe. I walked in and stopped in my tracks. So if you've not been to Bread and Butter Kitchen, it is right on the water on the opposite side of the Naval Academy, right next to the chart house. And it has a wall of windows when you walk in. You're just struck with this gorgeous view. Uh, of the water and of the Naval Academy and Eagle Alley. And so I knew immediately that that was going to be my spot. <laughs> so uh, we, we had a handshake deal. Six weeks later, I opened with no contract in place, not buys, don't do that folks. Um, but ultimately it worked out. We've been there for about three and a half years now. We serve breakfast and lunch seven days a week. And um, yeah, it's, it's been wonderful, fun, awesome. I love it. Um, I will say there have been times that I hated it, <laughs> but that I think is with everything, but ultimately it's the, the it's probably the best thing I've ever done. Um, it's the happiest I've ever been from a career perspective. Um, but so yeah, so bread and butter kitchen and um, feeding in a rundle. So as we all know, we're in the midst of a pandemic and we're about 10 months into this thing now. And um, I essentially 
um, when the restaurant restrictions started coming into place in March, um, a friend of mine, a customer at the time, his name's Ryan Sermons. He's the lead organizer for Anne Arundel Connecting Together, all, also known as ACT. And uh, I only knew him, honestly, as a pastor. He is a pastor for a local church here in Annapolis. And he would come in each week on Sunday. He and his family would call ahead their order. We'd have it ready for them so that when they walked in, they could sit down and start eating immediately so that they could hurry up and get to church. And every Sunday, one of our busiest days, I would approach poor Ryan and say, so what are we talking about in our sermon? And he would always give me this puzzled look and try to figure out how to summarize in like 10 seconds because that's literally the only amount of time I had on a busy Sunday at a breakfast restaurant um, to tell me what the sermon was about. So we had uh, established this kind of relationship of you know, me just being curious about his sermons. And uh, so anyways, when he called me in March, he said, hey, how can restaurants participate or support the food insecurity issues? We know that with the pandemic, many people are losing their jobs. Um, the food security issue, insecurity issue has been an issue of, of course, across the country, obviously before the pandemic, but was definitely being exacerbated. And we, we anticipated more and more people needing help. And so we, we chatted a little bit. We talked about um, what Jose Andres had done in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. And um, my entrepreneurial mind, of course, <laughs> started thinking about the fact that, you know, we need to help restaurants stay open which means that we can't ask them to donate food. We need to um, find a way to pay restaurants. And so within a few hours, Feed Anne Arundel was born. Um, the idea was simple. We would raise money. We would use that money to pay restaurants directly to prepare meals. And we would then distribute those meals to food distributions throughout the county. So as you mentioned earlier, it's a win-win-win. Um, when restaurants are preparing meals for Feed Anne Arundel, that means that they can keep their doors open to serve their customers. That means that they can place food orders and paper orders for carryout containers. And that activates a whole chain, supply chain, farmers, vendors, delivery drivers, warehouse workers. And of course, they were able to also keep their employees on staff, which was critical. So it truly was uh, um, started as a food movement, but really has morphed into what I consider to be a jobs movement, um, an opportunity to really continue to support our community in a variety of ways. So you mentioned the quick start on Feed Anne Arundel. Uh, Mr. Sermons talked to you, I think, on a Friday, and that Sunday you were serving food, or it was just a two-day turnaround, and there were 400 meals that you served that first weekend. And now nine months into this, there's been about 120,000 meals that Feed Anne Arundel has served. How do you make that happen? Yeah, it is. Um, it certainly was a little bit of chaos in the beginning, and um, but we now have a pretty clear process in place, which is awesome. So a big part of what we did in the beginning is, is partner with um, the Partnership for Children, Youth, and Families. So both ACT and the Partnership for Children, Youth, and Families have deep roots and connections in the community. ACT is an organization of 28 faith-based and nonprofit organizations, plus me, they keep me around because I'm the only one that can curse. Um, <laughs> I'm the only one that can be like, no. Uh, so they keep me around for that. Um, but then Partnership for Children, Youth, and Families 
Um, they obviously are, they're a nonprofit, they're part of the county, they report through the health department, uh, and they um, provide services, obviously, to children, youth, and families in our community. So the partnership with those two organizations is really critical because it, it allowed us to tap into uh, the network of food distributions already in place. So the logistics of volunteers and handouts and dates and timing and planning was already in place. So what we essentially did as Feed in Arundel was tie into those existing um, food distributions and then just supplement them by sending meals. And so um, that really made the process simple for us. And so what I do now um, and what we started last year is we have meetings each Monday with a partnership and the partnership has all the different food distributions for each area, North County, South County, West, uh, Central, come together in different meetings and tell us what their needs are that week. Um, and essentially we end up having a list of all of the food distributions. Uh, and right now I'm very excited. This is the first time that I have a list of all the food distributions for three months at a time. Usually it's week by week. It was last year because things were constantly shifting and evolving and changing. And so um, now, you know, having three months to plan is awesome. Um, and then, of course, we started with just, you know, maybe five or 10 restaurants that first few weeks. And, and as you mentioned, it's now morphed to over 80. And I'm, after I get off this uh, phone call with you, I'll be probably adding another 15 to 20 who have reached out. Uh, and so it's wonderful because we have the ability to incorporate more restaurants, um, uh, equitable distribution of food and money has been very important to us from the beginning. We wanted to make sure that we, no pocket of Anne Arundel County was being overlooked, which is why that partnership with the Children, Youth, and Family Organization is so critical for us because they are tied into all of the areas within Anne Arundel County. So we aren't saturating one area and missing another completely. Um, so it's been um, an interesting process, <laughs> to say the least. Last year was a little more chaotic. You know, I, uh, one of our uh, partners, we work with ACDS, they distribute the government grants. We did receive some grant funding through CARES. Uh, and, and she described it as, you know, last year we were putting, you know, we we're flying an airplane as we were putting the parts together. This year, you know, we're taking a pause, we're being a lot more strategic um, so that we can have the most beneficial impact on the community. And this whole process, I mean, there's, there's so many logistical things that are involved in this, I'm sure. What I see is that it's a happy event for all involved. Yeah. The recipients are getting wonderfully nutritious meals. They're getting a wide variety of meals because each restaurant has its own expertise, correct? Mm -hmm. And they're yes. also, and they're also um, getting a, a fond impression of these restaurants so that when things do get better, they're going to remember, I want to go to that restaurant for that meal. And I think was that an unanticipated benefit of all this? Yeah, so you know, it's interesting. I think that from the very beginning, we wanted to make sure that restaurants were putting labels on the rest, on each meal that they package for obvious reasons. You know, you wanna include the ingredients, any allergens and reheating and storing instructions. But we also wanted to make sure that every company included their logo and the name of the company so that to your point, uh, when people are back on their feet and are able to go out to eat, um, that they can remember some of the great meals that they had provided to them from restaurants throughout the county. And, you know, we 
Um, we have seen these lines, many of uh, folks that are in line for food distributions, they've never been in this situation in their lives. And so, and we know in America, most families are one emergency or one medical emergency away from, you know, being in dire straits. And so uh, the pandemic certainly exasperated, exacerbated that. And um, so we've seen people in line with tears in their eyes saying, thank you. And this is so embarrassing. And i never thought I would be in this position and to see that and have them you know know that they're getting a meal from a restaurant that they would normally eat at or had always wanted to go to you know we have restaurants um, of all kinds as you mentioned we have um, you know the chart house which is like this five-star beautiful restaurant it's all about the service and the ambiance and the food uh, all the way down to a place like mine, which is breakfast and lunch or some sandwich shops, right? So the fact that they can get a variety of meals and that we ensure that every meal includes a protein, a starch, and either a veggie or a fruit, um, but they're restaurant quality, right? So you, you might pull up and end up with like a, a risotto with, a, a, with salmon or, <laughs> or, you know, some pad thai from a local Thai restaurant. Um, we have an Indian and Pakistani restaurant called Bismila, which is amazing, love their food. Uh, and so you really do get a variety. And to your point, we really try to ask restaurants to do what they do best. Don't, you know, don't try to come up with something that you think everyone will like. Do what you make and you'll be surprised. You're gonna end up with all new customers when this is over. And what's the feedback you've received from the restaurants? They entered into this thinking, okay, we will provide food to people who need it. It will be good for us as well. But obviously this thing has evolved over a nine month yeah. period. What are the restaurants telling you? What's their experience? Yeah. So, so many of the restaurants, I actually reached out um, at some point last year to say, okay, let's get a pulse check. How's everybody feeling? What do you like? What's working? What's not working? And the majority of restaurants responded that and included some, um, some version of this has been more beneficial to me on a spiritual or a personal level because, um, you know, I am now, you know, deeply rooted in my community. My customers appreciate and recognize that loyalty um, to the community. You know, when you participate, restaurants, you know, they can just drop the meals off at these distributions and leave, but many will stay. Many will stay and they'll talk to the volunteers or they'll stay and help distribute the meals. And it's just, um, you know, when you're feeling gloomy and down and frustrated, showing up to one of these events and participating at that level is just so rewarding. And um, you, just, you just feel good about what's happening. And I think what, you know, one of the benefits that many of the restaurants didn't anticipate is that their customers would react so positively, right? So many of the restaurants have seen an uptick um, from customers who will say, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing with Feed Anna Rental. Thank you for supporting our community. And they're seeing an uptick in new customers um, or, you know, existing customers coming back more frequently because they want to support restaurants that are supporting our community at this time. Well, there's a lot of eyes on Feed Anna Rundle because you are this <laughs> wonderful prototype of how things can be and should be and could be. Um, and yes. you recently just received a Person of the Year Award <laughs> for your foresight in this and the teamwork that you've shown through this. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? 
Absolutely. So um, it's interesting when Eat and Arundel started about six weeks later, we, we saw an organization called Roundtable Relief pop up and it was a similar concept, raise money, use that money to have restaurants make meals, but they were distributing to like fire, firemen, police, the hospitals, first responders really. And, um, and so I had reached out initially to the, the founder of that one, John O'Leary, and said, hey, why don't we combine forces so that we're not competing for donations, we can do both things together. And, and um, ultimately, a few weeks later, he stopped by one of our distributions in, in Annapolis at Tyler Heights Elementary School, and he left visibly shaken. Um, I think that when you come to one of these events and you see that hundreds of people are lined up an hour or two before you even get started, um, just to see the level of need, and you see it across the country and all these like food banks and, and everything where people are just lined up for hours. Um, he left visibly shaken and at that point reached out to the recipients of his meals, the firefighters, et cetera, and said, hey, do you mind if we shift our focus? And they all said, no, go, we're fine. <laughs> they have jobs and pensions. Like, go, 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 give the food to the people who need it. And so um, he shifted uh, focus at that point, and, and it, his timing couldn't have been better because it was at a point where Feed and Arundel was very low on funding, and I could not schedule meals, and I was um, very distressed and trying to figure out how to raise more money, and um, so he stepped in and really continued to support uh, several of our food distributions with meals from local restaurants, and, um, and he's been by our side throughout, and I think, you know, Warrior Events is a, a, an organization that does amazing things in our community for, for veterans um, and active duty folks, uh, including putting on the most amazing parade, the St. Patrick's Day Parade, which we won't have this year, but maybe next year. But um, so he's, he's somebody that when, when John O'Leary tells me that I'm person of the year, I feel incredibly humbled and honored because of all of the people in the community. He is one that understands giving back and um, demonstrates that in everything that he does. So it was an awesome award. It was from John O'Leary and um, Bob Saunders who both founded Warrior Events. And, um, and it's exciting, like uh, next year, it was the inaugural award. So next year, when the award is given to the next person of the year, I'm very excited about this. Um, we will be at the Military Bowl Parade on a half uh, and during halftime at the 50-yard goal, uh, giving, or giving the 50-yard line. Clearly, I'm a sports girl. Um, <laughs> 50-yard goal. Woo! Right with you. Uh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'll be giving out the award. Uh, I'll be participating by giving the award to the next recipient at that time, and I couldn't be more thrilled, especially as an Air Force veteran, to, to be at such a critical place. And um, mm -hmm. so I look forward to the next recipient and seeing what they do and how how often they are. So. Well, the military ball is is the absolute best place for that to happen. I'm so excited yes. for you. And we're excited that the military ball will be back next year. Yes. That's a great thing. So we talk about the whole team effort involved. And as you look ahead, I mean, we're into 2021 now and nobody can project the future accurately. Um, so this is sort of potentially a long-term project that you're in the yeah. midst of. What, what do you see on the horizon, Monica? And that's something that many of us have been chatting about, um, you know, that in the food security arena, you know, the food bank, the partnership for children, youth and families, we're trying to really scope out and think through what the next six months looks like, right? So we 
fully anticipate the need to continue. Um, lines continue to get longer right now. We are in the winter. We're in a surge of a pandemic. And, um, you know, a number of folks, the majority of folks that come through the food distribution lines are people in the service industry, which traditionally in the winter suffer already with reduced hours because of less tourism, less eating out, less hotel stays. It's just cold. Nobody wants to be out and about. So, you know, you're already hit with the winter slowdown and then you have the pandemic surge on top of that. So um, we know that at least for the next, you know, three to six months, the lines will continue and the, the need will continue at a higher rate. Um, we're very hopeful that as summer comes, vaccines are rolled out, um, hours start coming back to restaurants, restrictions start loosening a little bit, that the need will start to dissipate to some extent. Uh, that said, food insecurity was an issue before the pandemic. It is an issue that will continue beyond the pandemic. Um, you know, we're, we're certain that even though people, you know, things might go back to what, you know, quote unquote normal is <laughs> in the summer, but there's still going to be a lot of people that are still trying to recover financially and that will not be in a position where they can, you know, handle the, the food or, you know, groceries um, as they try to dig themselves out of, you know, being behind on rent, being behind on other bills, trying to find a new job. The big aha for me was honestly um, the opportunity to have restaurants so engaged in the community, right? So restaurants by default are a heart and soul of the community in, in many ways. It's like the kitchen in your home. It's where people come to gather, to eat, to celebrate, to, to debate, to just to be a part of the community. And so Feed Anne Arundel has really tapped into that. It's given restaurants this ability to give back to the community and, and truly be a central part of it. And I think, you know, as we look to Feed Anne Arundel's future, you know, I'm personally trying to figure out how does it evolve, right? We've talked about things like um, community gardens and, you know, working, you know, directly with um, organizations within the community, whether it's schools or clubs to help, you know, teach nutrition, to, to provide cooking classes, to, you know, so there's a lot of different ways that we can take feeding in Arundel. I think that the component that we have now where restaurants are preparing food will continue. Um, I love the idea that we will be able to scale up and scale down as needs arise. And I think, you know, my hope obviously is that restaurants don't need feeding in Arundel but that they want to be part of feeding Arundel, right? So right now there's a need. The money that we provide these restaurants is, you know, it's not, um, it's not like the super profitable venture. We're paying restaurants $11 a meal, right? Uh, it's, it's enough to cover their bills, their, their overhead, their food costs, their staff costs. Um, and, and that is the goal. Uh, but long term, you know, hopefully restaurants are, are back, back on their feeds, they're profitable on their own, but then they are able to continue to participate in feed and Arundel in some way, um, whether it's preparing meals or, um, or supporting community events. What can our listeners do to help? Everybody out there listening is thinking, whoa, I want to be of help. What can sure. I do? It's bigger than I am. What's, <laughs> what's a way somebody could move to the next step? Absolutely. So for Feed Anne Arundel, obviously we love money. Um, donations are key for us. Uh, you can donate to, um, to us through our website, feedannearundel.org. Uh, it will redirect you to the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation. They are our fiscal sponsor. They handle all of our money for us right now. And, um, and so you can donate that way. Uh, if that's not what you want to do, you want to be a little bit more engaged, you can certainly reach out to participating restaurants to see if you can help them prepare or deliver meals. Um, 
you can also, um, you know, food banks need help. Our uh, Anne Arundel County Food Bank is my favorite. They are obviously local to our county. They have been here for over 40 years and they have played such a, such a critical role in helping so many of these food distributions be able to provide healthy and nutritious food. And so, um, you know, the, but they're very much reliant on, on funds as well. So, and donations. So if you do a food drive or, um, or you wanna donate to them directly, that's a great way. As far as the restaurants go, I think supporting the restaurants that participate in Feed Anaerobic is huge. Even if it's just buying a gift card or, or doing carry out. Again, you know, our goal is to keep these, these restaurants in business. We have a, a small mantra that we say. Uh, it's, um, you know, we started Feed Anne Arundel to help restaurants survive. And now we're focused on, you know, after the pandemic that they will thrive. So we're here to, to help restaurants survive so that they can then thrive. And well, um, yeah. I'd like to say at this point that Bread and Butter Kitchen has done just that through this COVID-19 pandemic, yeah. in part because of Feed Anne Arundel and much more. Yeah, so so it's interesting with bread and butter, it, people always giggle, you know, especially some of the restaurants that participate in Feed Anne Arundel, they, they're like, why aren't you participating? So my restaurant has um, physically provided meals for two events, a <laughs> very small number of meals. And that is because um, we are very small. My restaurant is all of 840 square feet and but honestly, I haven't needed the support. I think that I was in a very, um, I, my restaurant was in a very good position before the pandemic. We are small, we do breakfast and, and lunch only. We have online ordering, delivery, carry out, curbside. We've already had all of that in place. Um, so the mechanism was there um, for us to continue and not have to do too many adjustments to what we do uh, as a restaurant. But then also the community um, support for uh, for what I've done in the, you know, with Feed Anne Arundel. I've, I'm um, the face and the voice of Feed Anne Arundel. You see me live all the time at food distributions and asking for donations and, and sharing what's going on. And so people have been very supportive. They have found us. And um, we actually had a very, uh, a very good year at Bread and Butter Kitchen. So I've not needed to participate. And, um, and in fact, in December, I signed up for two distributions and ultimately I couldn't I couldn't do them. So I subcontracted them to my uh, friend Dina over at Grumps and said, here, you take this money and you make these meals because we can't do it. And so that was, that was great. So, <laughs> so I am very blessed. I'm very lucky. I feel, um, I feel very lucky uh, that we haven't needed to take advantage of the feed and rental program. And that's allowed me to put all my heart and soul into helping other restaurants, which has been personally, probably one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my life. Well, I think what you said is so true to help them to survive so that they can thrive. I mean, we'll get through COVID-19, life will go on and our restaurants can thrive, which is yeah. so wonderful. Everybody benefits from that. Is there a way that our listeners can find out more your website? Would that be helpful to them as they want to learn sure. more about Feed Anne Arundel? Yeah, it's feedannarundel.org. And, um, and then of course, our Facebook page, if you go to Feed Anne Arundel on Facebook, that is by far uh, the most up-to-date <laughs> list of information. Um, I try my best to keep the website updated, but oftentimes it becomes like a second thought, you know, just falls off the to-do list. Uh, so Facebook is definitely the best place um, to, to 
you know, find out more about what's going on today. And, and uh, are, do you have any parting words for us? I mean, I know this has been a tremendously big team effort of so many people beyond the restaurants, beyond anything we could imagine, businesses and people across Annapolis and Anne Arundel County. But do you have any parting words or thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, you know, I, um, I've been reflecting a lot on, on this past year and, and what we've taken from it. And, um, you know, I really would just encourage people to, to, to look inside of themselves when, you know, there are obstacles in front of us. It's easy and very easy to, to turn and blame the government, blame our executives, blame, blame all of the people. Um, for these restrictions, but there are ways to be creative and to collaborate. And if you just lean on each other, right, these restaurants have become a family. We are very collaborative. We work closely together. There is not competition here. Um, you know, it truly is an opportunity to support each other and to support the community. And we're, we're just stronger together. Um, so, you know, I know it's hard, I know that a lot of people have really struggled through this pandemic and it's easy. I've, I've been there. I've wept. I have cried. I have screamed. Um, I think we've all had our moments, but you know, for me being involved with Feed Anne Arundel and really having that opportunity to be a part of something so positive, um, that's what keeps me going. So whatever your talent is, whatever your special talent is, we, you know, find a way to put that to good use and, you know, things will just fall in place after that. Well, Monica, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your insights and your inspiration. We all need to hear, yes, we can, yes, we can, yes, we will. And, and you're that kind of person who's helping to make that happen in the community. Again, thanks to my guest, Monica Alvarado, who is the owner of Bread and Butter Kitchen in Eastport and also the founder of Feed and Arundel. Until next time, I'm your host, Susan Seifried, with Visit Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, here for Destination Annapolis.